in it to win it. What is up, my dude? Being here. I love you, man. How are you? I got it, man. I got to be here. I know you are. You do have to be here. I need you. I could not do this without you. It's going to be, today's going to be a fun one, man. It's going to be a huge one. I'm, I've been looking forward to it for, I mean, how long have we known? At least uh, a week and a week and a half, couple of weeks. Week I, I, I'm not entirely sure. But a lot's happened in the last few days. I feel like we've kind of gone into a little bit of a time warp. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's been like two months since we talked to John last. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, not that long ago. What was that it's like? Long ago. A few weeks. Not even two weeks, I don't think. No, I think so. We're on the we're on the move, man. This feels good. Does you're starting right? What are you prepared for today? Is my question to you. I mean, I'm I, like I'm uh I'm gonna work really hard to chill the fuck out today and not I be. I, I I don't know if, if you can do it. I don't know if I can either, and it's gonna be difficult. But I got you know I I think uh, I think I'm relaxed. I think I'm cool. I think we're dealing. I think we're going to be dealing with one of the coolest motherfuckers in death metal. Um, I, super laid back guy. Uh, just not enough good things to say. Super nerdy, and I feel like we'll totally be down with everything death comes lifting. Oh yeah, and I like. I've got. I've got some dorky shit to talk to him about if things go in that direction. I'm talking about like like half of, No, no, dorkier than that. Like. There are millions of people who are super into D&D, you know what I mean? Like super yeah. into this. I feel like the nerdy shit that I will talk to him about is stuff that like me and him and like Patrick from Crypticus are probably the only people like on this continent who give a fuck about. Yeah. So I'm I'm stoked. I'm ready to alienate our audience. Um, I'm ready to make people bored. It's going to be great. It's not. You're not. You never do that, sir. You, I'm interested. I love it when you go when you talk about shit that I don't know about. I, I take notes, man. I love you're a will. You're a will. This, well, you might get hit with some worthless knowledge today. We'll see what happens. I hope so. I hope I hope I can contribute. I, I feel like I, I've been listening to black. I always Dark. do, man. You are you are the calm center around which everything spins. The yin and yang, bro. That's yeah, what, that's yeah exactly that's why, what's going why on. This goes well together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. I've been listening to. Black Dahlia since I can remember since I since they were one of the first bands that ever entered my radar in terms of like heavy metal death metal when I was first getting into music and stuff so they, they've been in the background of my head for forever yeah so, yeah I mean, they they're big into that. their rise their rise within the scene uh the scene as it were I'm, I'm doing scare quotes right now you can't see me at home um but they I feel like one of the things that I love most about Black Dahlia Murder um, rising to fame on the on the strength of their first record is how they kind of got snuck into the metalcore deathcore scene uh, on the sly. Like a lot of the MySpace shit that was really popular back then, like Job for Cowboy and a handful of other bands like that. Um, all like all bands that I listened to and that I enjoyed, and then a, a lot of which I still listen to and enjoy today. Um, but very much doing sort of a different, more core-oriented sound, whether it's deathcore or metalcore or, or anything else like that that was super popular back around, you know, 2003, 2005. Right. Um, and then people are recommending the the fans of that stuff, this this new band called The Black Dolly Murder, who put out a record called Unhallowed, and then you put that shit on and you listen to it, and you're like, oh, well, this is at the gates. Like, this That's is straight up, this is straight up fucking, like, loyal Swedish melodic death metal. 
So the dude who we're going to be talking to today is uh, a founding member of the Black Dahlia Murder. He is the vocalist and lyricist of the Black Dahlia Murder. He is in this shit for life, a pedigree fan of death metal. Um, he has a column, um, a, a periodic column called The Obituarist, in which he writes about new, underground, hard to find, stuff that slipped under the radar, uh, death metal bands from all over the world. If you are ever trying to find something new, that is definitely a quality and reliable source to turn to. The dude's name is Trevor Sternad. Um, awesome, awesome guy. I'm a big fan of his band. Um, so, uh, and I'm going to try really hard today not to get super fucking Punisher nerdy on this dude. And we're going to see if that works. We're going to see how well I hold myself. I think we have a 50 50 shot all right fair enough that's that's my genuine assessment but i uh am looking forward to it either way i Most was definitely. i was gonna bring up maybe we can talk to him about this as you were talking about i know i was kind of fading in and out when you were uh talking about like the death core versus like you actually listen to black dahlia murder their true like death metal i was the kid that was too cool to listen to black dahlia murder for a while because i thought they were like a hot topic band and then yeah and that that was that was this really confusing yeah. reputation that they got early on that sort of haunts them to this day to an extent right. um and i think a lot of it just had to do with the fact that they oh, those dudes came from the hardcore scene you know um they're, they're not a hardcore band and f as far as i can tell as far as i'm concerned from their debut full-length record on there is no trace of any sort of hardcore or metalcore or deathcore influence in that but and the th here's the thing, even if that was there, I'm not saying that it would have, it, that it would be a bad thing, like, but they a lot of times sort of get brushed aside as, as being sort of derivative of those things when there's really just none of that going on at all. But uh, they got a hardcore ethos and they're friends with hardcore bands and they were friends with metalcore bands and they would play literally fucking anywhere on any bill. And they would fit there. They would play yeah. with hardcore bands. They'd play with punk bands. They played Warp Tour when yeah. they were touring Everblack. Um, that's crazy. That's the one of the the cool things about them is that without this band, um, I think a whole lot of people who are deeper and deeper into melodic death metal, straight up death metal, brutal death metal. Trevor's a huge fan, huge proponent of brutal death metal. And I think that a lot of people who are younger who are into that shit now sort of owe a debt to the Black Dahlia murder for opening that door one way or another. You know, they've got Metal Blade behind them, biggest name in the record industry as far as music or metal, heavy metal is concerned. Um, relentless touring act. They've got a huge back catalog at this point. And, you know, occasionally you still like fucking what? over 20 years after they've been a band, I think. I know their, their first record came out, I think, in 2003, but I think they were a band a couple of years before that. Yeah, so we're talking about 20 fucking years into the game that these guys are, and you, you still have this sort of weird stench of the MySpace age that sticks to them from time to time. But it's silly, man. I really do think that anybody who is a big fan of death metal, big fan of melodic death metal, big fan of the hallmarks of all those subgenres that we enjoy so much when they're done right, would like this band if they check them out and th that number is not that big at this point man because they're fucking massive this is I, and when i when i wrote about their record verminous that came out in 2020 that was my my second favorite death metal record of 2020 one of the things that i said was they i think that they have gotten as much success as you can possibly get 
and still be this heavy and this uncompromising with the music that you make. And that's impressive, man. That's a hell of a thing to say that you've done. True, man. They're like right up there with Cannibal Corpse. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's when I really had to put my foot in my mouth when I heard, uh, I think it was, I mean, obviously, What a Horrible Night to Have a Curse was a huge song. So I knew that, and I dug that. Uh, yes. But what really did it for me was Ritual. When that shit came out, I was like, I take back everything I ever thought wrong about the black dolly murder these guys are legit horror death metal just doing it for the right everything everything about that record's perfect to me and it's, it still is my favorite one ritual is my favorite black dolly murder record and i say that having loved absolutely everything that they've done since then but ritual is my favorite black dolly record um Definitely. it's one of those records that found me at a time that i really really needed it and i think that though a lot of people would say that nocturnal is sort of when they came into their own it's like a a standard bearer i really think that ritual is the record on which that happened i think that everything is functioning so well um despite sort of the turmoil of the the couple of years within the band before that with member changes and things like that i think that uh ritual is definitely the the place where they found their stride and truly like ascended to that upper echelon of of death metal royalty man because it's such a good record was, was that one right after nocturnal or is there one in between there was one in between, Deflorate. Oh, Deflorate. Okay, yeah, that was the fourth one. And the man, Deflorate's got a bunch of a bunch of killer shit on it, and it's sort of they put that out right after the loss of a of a member who had been in the band since the beginning, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And sort of, I think the writing for that record was a little bit strange. Um, I know that they really only play one song from that record live anymore, but it's one of my favorite Black Dolly Murder songs, uh, "I Will Return," but the Florid's got some fucking bangers on it, man. That was their first. Yeah, that was their first one with Ryan Knight um, playing guitar. I don't think he wrote too much on that record, um, but it was really de definitely a transitional album, I think, between Nocturnal and sort of getting to the top, okay. of the top of the game on Ritual. Yeah, even now, just thinking about them and th thinking about these records, they're all fucking great. Like, just yeah. Them. yeah, they're absolutely all great. I'm, I'm really stoked to dig into his his lyrical process the themes he gets on all these records are awesome man that's why i'm just interested to try to get into his head a little bit about that that's where i'm gonna go with it we will we will try we'll try our we'll best see hey man see if i can keep myself from asking him too much other nerdy shit we're gonna have to figure it out you i trust you full wholeheartedly my friend what have you been doing in the meantime while we wait for trevor to log on what is uh new in the cardio killers realm um, I've, I've made like some pretty crazy dietary adjustments since the new year. So that's been interesting. What's up with that? my friend? I've been trying to, uh, so still keto, of course, but, um, I'm trying to play around with my triglycerides a little bit for all you young people out there. This is shit you got to start worrying about when you're in your late thirties. Um, so I have cut out, um, red meat and any other fatty meat that I've been eating, and I'm trying to get all of my fats, which is about 80% of my diet, I try to get that from plant-based sources now. Damn and sauce. so I have, been, I have been exploring the seedy underbelly of vegan food culture. Absolutely. And they've been hiding some fucking baller shit over there, man, that I did not know about. Some good shit. You know about tahini? I know about tahini. Absolutely. I'm a huge hummus fan, but unfortunately the, the carbs kind of put me off from that. I can't really fuck you with that. But You can't keto on hummus. 
or you can't. Yeah, I know. Keto. I know. It's really sad because I love keto. I lived off. The, I mean, I love hummus. I lived off that shit for a long time. Yeah. Um, but like vegan mayonnaise mm. is really fucking good. It's zero carb. Um, this extra firm tofu, like I never, I didn't know that much about tofu until recently. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm an American and I only eat red meat, fuck tofu. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, I'd never really, I just never really had the opportunity to try it, you know? Sure. And since I've been like fucking around with, with extra firm tofu, like tossing that shit in olive oil and seasoning it and like baking it, it's awesome, man. You can do all kinds of cool shit with it. You're excited about it. You have more energy. You like you're liking this plant-based diet. I think that's good. I am. I am. I'm still eating meat. I'm still eating chicken, and or I'm still eating poultry and fish right now, just because it's pretty reliably lean. Um, and the, all of this is really just for January and February. And I'm gonna go and see how my blood work looks, and sort of see how the just continuing the mad science experiment with my body. I like it. You do an avocado. Yeah. You have to do avocado, right? Oh, yeah. I fuck with avocado all the time. Uh, I get my, there's a, a chain of stores down here called Publix that I will definitely miss once we move up to DC. Um, and they sell this brand of, it's, it's called Avocado Mash. Um, oh, yeah. It's like, it's like guacamole with nothing else in it. It's yeah. just avocado mashed up. Yeah. But I, when I first started keto, you know, I tried the avocado thing. But fucking with avocados is kind of a pain in the ass, man. It's really sort of hit or miss regarding like, yeah. letting them sit and like uh trying to eat them too early or whatever out of like 10 experiences i think two of them turned out where i was like man this avocado shit rips um it's just easier to do it this way for me i'm with you guacamole is great too everyone likes guacamole so. guacamole is the shit absolutely I'm, good. I'm glad to hear your help man how's your how's your training going still hitting the cardio yeah, I'm uh I'm transitioning back into keto right now after my December break. So I am feels sort of like I'm walking around in like okay. sticky mud. I'm fucking tired all the time. But uh doing small runs. I did a three miler earlier today. Um it's getting a little bit better, man. But you know, it takes a couple of weeks before your body starts processing that shit the way it's supposed to. Definitely. What about you? Like three. Oh good, man. I'm uh I'm deep into yoga right now. So that's been, that's been really fun. That's been good for me. It's been good on the mental, the mental side of things and the, uh, how you, that's how you keep your calm center. It is, dude. It really is. Yeah. Twist and turn. I'm like Spider-Man, all kinds of crazy shit. I feel good. I probably should be eating more of a plant-based diet going by the yoga ethos, but I haven't made it to that yet. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. You got ready. all the time in the world. Cycles. Uh, cycles. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's cycles. Good. It's all good. Haven't really been hitting the gym much, just doing body weight shit, Batman stuff. I, I'm, you know, feeling good about it. New martial arts program we got out on the Lifting Dead Army is kicking ass. People are kicking yeah. ass. Yeah, man. It's fun. Making a lot of videos while the green screen's behind me. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. How's that process going? Are you, uh, are you killing the green screen? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Basically have like Mortal Kombat going on behind me as I do shit. Like, I have, I continuously hear about, um, how much fun the videos are uh tom from uh from double hockey sticks radio up in philadelphia is a oh, member yeah. of the lifting dead army yeah he's great every, every time we end up talking he ends up talking about how much fun he has doing that shit and uh, how, how impressed he is with the videos that you guys do for the oh, shit that's super that's super cool to hear man that's awesome i mean especially coming from him he's like a super creative dude well it's not stopping man we're only expanding so it's going to get a lot weirder and a lot bloodier, I'm sure. 
We're not holding back. Yeah. We might sell out if we get the right offer. Who knows? But I'm not playing it. Yeah. If you can, uh, if you can make that money, make that money. You know what I'm saying? We're trying, man. You're involved. Just trying to fuck with you. So you've um, you've been listening to that new Frozen Soul. I, I listened to it one time all the way through the other day during my workout, and I've just been dabbling in it. Yeah, it's fucking good, dude. Dude, that's fucking that is workout music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a lifting day for sure. It absolutely nailed that formula. It's somewhere between obituary and bolt thrower, and I I I think that this again. You know, we've talked about this lately about how. It, it, when you say something is like entry level, it somehow gets like a bad rap, like that's condescending or whatever. Yeah. But I, I think that when you say that about death metal, like it's the kind of thing that should be praised. It's yeah. like, it's difficult, I think, to make this shit accessible to people who aren't already sort of seasoned by it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like this Frozen Soul record, like you could put this shit on for somebody who you know, had only heard moderately heavy, uh, I'm so out of the loop, I wouldn't even know where to begin, but like, for me, like, a heavier Deftones song or something. I think if you had somebody who was willing to check out something heavier than that, who'd already sort of been exposed to some of the stuff that you can expect with heavier music, I think that they would like this shit. I think they could get into it. Oh, for sure. And um... it's impressive. And I, I viewed, honestly, Black Dahlia is kind of a, a band like that, at least for me and some of my friends, you know, they, yeah. we listened to Black Dahlia and then got into Deicide because of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Some of that shit is, some of their songs are so fucking catchy. Um, and it's crazy because it, it, it alternates with songs that are like super duper complex. Um and like the, you know, especially on the last three albums or so, it's, they're the kind of band who's been playing shit together for so long, even with all of the, the members that have come and gone. Um, they have such chemistry now that they're, they're making the shit that they're doing, which is really difficult and really technical. They make that shit look easy. Um, and that's, that's really impressive. But some of those things, like I, for Ritual, for example, mm. I've been listening to that record for 10 years now. I think that came out in like 2010 or 2011. Yeah, thank you. Dude, I still don't know how Malenchantments of the Necrosphere goes. Yeah. I still can't, I can't even I can't even headbang to it. I can't I like I can't follow it. There's just it's and they play it live. They play it live all the time, which I think is fucking crazy because I don't know how he does it as a singer. You know what I mean? It seems like he's working on, even if the band is sort of locking into some sort of repetition that a, a dumbass like me can't find, as a singer, he's like corpse grinder on that track. He's like doing some shit vocal pattern wise that sort of doesn't really feel, I'm not going to say that it doesn't feel like it belongs there, but it doesn't feel like it would have been the easier choice regarding how to perform that particular vocal. You know what I mean? No, dude, he's um, definitely a killer vocalist. His, his, he only gets more impressive, honestly. If you, oh, for sure. Yeah, which is awesome. Which is cool. Super cool. I like Den of the Pickerist a lot. It's like the classic. Yeah, dude, track. that shit, that, that's one of those uh, songs that's got like gross fucking lyrics. Yeah, uh, love that shit. And it is, 
it's like a short and sweet one. They've got several like that. Um, Death Panorama on Deflore was one of them. Um, I can't remember the name of one on, I think it was I Only Worship What You Bleed on Nocturnal was a super okay. short one. And then in the times since then, they've had bonus songs on the last three records. There are extra tracks that were only on like the European edition that were super fucking short and that were really, really good. Um, I have a two disc compilation of Black Dahlia Murder shit in my car. This is the kind of nerdy shit that I'm gonna talk about with you right now that I'm not gonna talk about with him. Please do. Um, There's a song called Hellion that was part of the abysmal sessions that came on this little mini CD that was with the European version. Um, It's like, it's less than two minutes long and it's so fucking awesome. I start my, one of those compilation discs with that and then go straight into um, Necropolis from Deflorate because they they fit together so well. Um, And then there was a super short one on Nightbringers uh, called Gone But Not Forgotten that was super cool. Uh, Just these crazy short little. um, I like that that vibe. I like like the grindcore kind of. Yes, they do. They feel super grindy. Um, and then Verminous had one called their Thwarted Patience that was like a minute and 15 seconds long. Yeah. Uh, it's just cool, man. It's cool to see them sort of experimenting with that and and like offering a little bit of something extra for the people who are willing to run it down. But also at the same time, like I like to take those. I like to make my ideal track list of all the songs from one particular recording session. So like I'll go and I'll pull those B-sides and I'll sequence them into the album where I think that they belong. Because I'm a fucking dork like that. You are. You, you nailed it, though. That's awesome. What? I'm trying to pull up an article. Are you familiar with any sort of conspiracy theory around Black Dahlia Murders Deflorate that is a concept album revolving around Michael Jackson's life and death? No. Are you fucking serious? I'm fucking serious, bro. I was, I was, I was going to wait for the podcast to lock in to hit you with that but i'm gonna send you this fucking thing right now it was actually a review on metal injection and uh like one of the reviewers pointed out or the reviewer i guess pointed out that the the song titles could parallel michael jackson's life legacy and death in some way and i'm gonna send you this link in the chat right now i could see not uh, um um necropolis fitting into that a christ deformed father i know that you've witnessed a darkness in me it was born in the shadows of the old gallows tree so that could be his shitty relationship with his dad definitely yeah they they say all this in this uh in this review and i there's some reason i never forgot about it and i feel like it's not talked about and they, i will return okay so the rumors about him going into like cryo uh, his uh announced disgraced on the molestation trials Dude, we got to talk about this I know. with him. I know we do. I'd never heard that before. It's insane. Yeah, look it up. I sent the thing, the link to the chat, and he's here. So let's get him in here. You, you take the reins. Take the reins. Did he? You get him? He's coming. I admitted him. Yo, yo. There he is. Dude, I'm so fucking sorry, guys. I totally blanked for a second there. It's a good thing I looked at my uh, Twitter when I did. Dude, no worries, man. No I, worries uh, at all. I'm getting a hernia surgery Wednesday, and I was just in the hospital for like the pre the COVID testing and all that crap just now. So, how did it go? 
How, what's, uh, what does hernia pre-testing involve? Uh, they, you know, they shove the thing up my nose again. It, you know, this has been my fourth COVID test so far. And uh, they took my blood. They did an x-ray. It was a riot. It's like a blast, man. Yeah, it, it truly was. Getting old is fun. Oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. before we before we get too far into it, um, just quick introductions. I'm I'm Schuler. Uh, you and I have have uh, exchanged a few of the tweets mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then joining me is Zach, uh, the founder and head honcho over at Death Comes Lifting. Uh, and oh, we are bro. super delighted today to be talking to Mr. Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder. How you doing, man? Dope. Good man, chilling, chilling like a villain. Apart, apart from the uh, from the hernia stuff, but let's let's jump straight in. One thing, let's talk about your medical history. Um, <laughs> no, like one thing is pretty tight. You got uh, LASIK surgery recently, did you not? Uh, yes, I did. That was a a surgery I opted for favorably. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, of- it's been awesome, man. Like basically, I wanted to be a better front man. You know, I, I was always up there either making the choice to wear the glasses which sucks for obvious reasons because, you know, you're up there trying to be this cool death metal guy and not a nerd. And then uh, the other way around was I was, you know, I did a lot of shows for years up there blind, but um, then I can't like make eye contact with people and I see how far that goes. Like I try to like connect with every person in the crowd at some point during the set now with glasses you know what i mean yeah. so this is the best of both worlds baby i can headbang i can see if something goes wrong on stage i can actually help one of my bandmates <laughs> <laughs> see that's one of the things that i was curious about when i saw you posting about it on twitter i was like i bet this motherfucker's getting this done so he can headbang without glasses oh, oh hell yeah that's definitely it and um yeah this is something i've dreamt about forever you know and uh I tried to get it done 10 years ago and they said I wasn't ready yet. Like my eyes were still changing. So, but yeah, I had the idea again and put it into motion and the whole thing was done within a week. And here I am, dude, I can see you guys from here, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Congratulations. Maybe one day I'll take the plunge. I don't know. I feel like my glasses are part of my head at this point. Oh, same, same dude. You know, I've, I've definitely got some death threats from people that <laughs> they're like, how could you do this to us? <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so we're coming off a uh, a pretty interesting year, 2020. Um, had some, some I, I want to say like interesting developments in a lot of fronts regarding like the state of the world, but regarding sort of heavy music, it seems like a lot of, a lot of the momentum that usually propels bands and, and fan bases through the year kind of got put on ice this time around. Uh, with the lack of touring and with a number of bands sort of choosing to postpone uh, releasing mm-hmm. records maybe that they had already completed. You guys uh, completed a record in 2019 that you released back in the spring of 2020 called Verminous. Um, absolutely incredible record. I loved it. We'll talk more about that later. Um, but one thing that I am I'm curious about is sort of what plans you guys have for the future regarding touring that record. Has anything been rescheduled? for 2020 um yeah we got our entire uh european tour bumped to early um next year now uh so that's kind of a bummer but you know we definitely saw that coming it was just like pretty soon the bad news is gonna come you know (laughs) and uh there's talk about australia in april 
possibly and like that looks like that could be the first like reality you know like the first thing back if they'll have us you know if we can get our shit in order enough because australia's kicking ass on it they're, they're almost done you know what i mean so as long as uh I, you know like i can't see us quarantining over there for for 14 days and just losing a dick ton of money because it's so fucking <laughs> expensive over there like when you go to subway you get the 12 dollar foot long like it's it's like for real yeah oh yeah jesus yeah it's an expensive place to be and um to be on our own you know what i mean like not getting things paid for or whatever so i don't really know the the reality of that but i've got my fingers crossed for that it's supposed to be a supporting tour which is cool which is what we really need for australia because we kind of like keep headlining over there you know what i mean and it would be nice to branch out and uh play with somebody a bit bigger and try to uh pervert their fans you know <laughs> it's we were talking about that earlier about how you guys perverted a shitload of kids at warp tour a number of years ago oh uh, yeah that was that was cool man you know we got some flack from that like and i knew we would from from certain corners of of metal you know who whatever we've we've been that band you know we've been grilled throughout this entire thing so who gives a shit i don't care exactly. anymore so well, i look at it like this we went to warp tour as black dahlia murder you know, we played exactly how we always play. We said the same bad words we always say. We didn't change to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was cool, dude. Honestly, um, I, I, I have fond memories of the Warp Tour that I went to as a kid a couple times, you know, like when it was like heavy on the fat wrecks and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, seeing Descendants and Bouncing Souls and all this great shit. I mean, it's vastly different now. Um, uh, there was a lot of walking around with my fingers in my ears there. but it was cool to be like purposely be the sore thumb band the only death metal band on the bill and there were a lot of curious kids that were like yeah i've heard of this i've seen weirdos wearing this shirt before like we got time right now let's go check it out and you know we're playing in front of thousands of people every day you know and i'm guessing that the majority of them like didn't have experience with us you know what i mean so it, it was exactly what we wanted it to be you know we just we were roping those kids in and uh, it was funny, man. We, we, we made some friends with uh, some unlikely bands, you know what I mean? And then uh, we had like dudes from real big fish coming to check out our set and stuff. And it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it's cool that you guys are so versatile. I think that might be kind of the secrets, uh, part of the secrets, your longevity and success is you can kind of fit in on Warped Tour. You can fit in with the core hardcore crowd. You can fit in with the true death metal crowd um I, I we were talking before admittedly i was a kid that didn't listen to black dolly murder for a long time because i was like oh this is a fucking hot topic man and then oh right dude that's happened a lot man and uh yeah. at first i was bent about it you know what i mean like i just wanted to be lumped in with death metal and that was it you know what i mean and like at first i was like i was pretty pretty bummed right. but um but you're totally right dude like being kind of this weird sore thumb band that doesn't even fit in our own genre really you know like has given us it's the reason we're here today it's you know we have fans from all walks you know and every time we post something online there's a nine page genre fight to follow in the comments yeah. you know? so nothing well, has changed really but we realize that we have appeal to all different walks and um you know so we try to play to all of them you know so we'll do tours that are more deathcore leaning at at times which is you know not my personal favorite but i you know i'm trying to to honor what the our fans like you know some of them 
Sure. And then we'll have the opposite end, which is more my speed, like when we tour with Carcass and Gorguts, and I'm just like ejaculating yeah. my pants all day, well, you know. Right. So like, we, you know, we've been able to do a lot of different things that I never expected, and um, really the big turning point was coming into the second record, and Metal Blade was like, "Yo, do you guys want us to front the money to get you on Ozfest?" And that was just something I'd never ever considered for us i thought that we would never be wanted in a situation like that you know i didn't know that that cannibal corpse was about to do the same thing and be playing all these outdoor you know mayhem and and sounds of the underground and stuff like that that was all to come but um you know at the time when they proposed it i was like are they gonna throw tomatoes at us up here like you know? but the tour was really cool and that was the moment that we really hit the media hard like where we were in magazines next to like, you know, the big bands that were coming out on the label as well as Lay Dying and Unearth, which kind of led to us being lumped into the metalcore thing at the time, which is one of the tags we've been called, one of a thousand different tags, you know. And um, but honestly, like kind of getting traction in all these little different subgenres really is why we're here and why we yeah, can fill, I, fill a room, you know. And when I look in the crowd, dude, there's just every walk of of you know underground fan and i love it dude i think it's awesome awesome it's, and and that's one of the things that i think is is really cool about sort of how that happened is you know you talk about perverting kids on warp tour and sort of fitting into this uh this crowd that maybe wasn't expecting you i, I really think that that happened with a lot of people who were around my age and a little bit younger um back when unhallowed came out uh, I, one of the things that I was talking to Zach about, you know, you and I are uh, a, a couple of years apart. Um, I've been following the band since since the very beginning, since you guys' first record on Metal Blade. Awesome. And one of the one of the things that I thought was really interesting is how like sort of the MySpace uh, tumbleweed of bands being connected to each other sort of ended up sneaking you guys into. Um, areas that maybe people weren't quite expecting you and, and then people end up listening to it and, and people who weren't expecting death metal listen to it and they're like oh well this is like this is some at the gates type shit like this is this is a straightforward death right. metal band yeah right you know it's a, it's a lot more musical than like a lot of death metal bands you know because of the melodic aspects so yeah maybe it did have appeal to people that aren't normally death metal types maybe yeah. and um yeah, man, you know, but like I remember I just I didn't even want to release pictures of us until we had long hair and we were growing <laughs> our hair out at the time and stuff. And like uh it's just funny. Like we knew it was a ruse, you know what I mean? We knew like that we were gonna be met with some resistance by the tried and true kind of long hair black leather jacket conglomerate, you know what I mean? And we've been kind of like slowly winning people over, you know, from that from that group with each record, you know. And and uh you know, we've taken a lot of strides in, in terms of musicianship over the years. And, you know, there's a lot of chops to enjoy now yes. for, the, for the technical folks. You know? yes. <laughs> and that, that, that sort of leads us back to uh, Verminous, which is, you know, it's you guys. Most recent record came out almost a year ago, even though it feels like time sort of stopped in between when that release happened and, and now. Um, so much regarding, I think, the composition of the songs, the skill level of the players, um, your insight as a vocalist and as a lyricist, a lot of that stuff has really evolved over the years. You can definitely tell, like, one of my favorite things about you as a singer uh, and then also the band as a whole is that you guys are not just playing this music, like, you're also death metal fans first. It feels like. Am I correct in, in, in saying that? 
Oh yeah, that's something we've always just like told everybody too. We've been straight up about it. Like right, we felt right. we felt like a bunch of lucky fans that got a chance, you know what I mean? And um kind of selling ourselves as that too, as like this blue collar band that like goes on stage with the same clothes you're wearing, you know what I mean? And like um I don't know, like that had a certain appeal to people too, and that kind of set us apart too. You know, like not being, not going for the like frowning all the time behemoth vibe, you know what I mean? But like, just like, I, there's no way I could fake that, honestly. Like, I would love to be that cool, honestly. I really <laughs> would, but, <laughs> but it's, I'm just not. And like, I have so much fun up there that like, it's hard for me to contain my smile and my laughter and our kind of comedic vibe as a band and as friends too. And, uh, you know, when we started to be a little more goofy around the second record and, uh, I remember like when we took the band photos, like the main photo for Miasma is like us holding beers and chugging them and some guys like punching another guy in the face and we're laughing and smiling and like, like the label even for a second was like, what is this? <laughs> like, these are our band photos. What do you mean? Put them out. They're like, you're like having fun. We're like, yeah, it's, people are going to like it. Check it out. <laughs> and it did it turned out to be specifically miasma i think stands out in the catalog from from everything else regarding like the sort of more personal nature of the lyrical content and that i think really sort of makes it differentiated in any comparison to a lot of the other more narrative storytelling that you tend to do um with, yeah, with for sure for sure miasma is definitely a kind of a different animal in that respect you know there are some of those very typified black dahlia songs like a vulgar picture for example yes. you know i'm digging up my girlfriend you know we've done that <laughs> <laughs> we've done that plenty but you know there's definitely some stuff about like some of my exes and yeah. you know like um um having an abortion and stuff like that and like more kind of personal shit you know but um and kind of um reacting to the shift in our lifestyle from being just normal people that really tried hard to get this band off the ground into being like 10 months of touring a year and just being this crazy machine you know what i mean and kind of like adjusting to that whole life and it was um yeah, like I feel like the, there was a disconnect with like getting the entire idea of Miasma across with the artwork and the, the visual aspects and stuff. Like I really dreamt of having um, Aaron from from Isis and Sumac do the design for it. And like you can imagine what that would have been like, you know, that uh, like a cityscape through drunken eyes and that kind of thing. Like that was really what I was shooting for. And uh, this, you know, like the, the, the artwork was like Plan Z honestly <laughs> you know, so like, and but i think that, it, it stands out though right you know like the yeah, i think the it, artwork it definitely is... it's definitely atypical it stood out it seemed like people you know i'm glad people didn't just straight up wipe their ass with it you know i mean like it was a risk for sure and um yeah you know i'm just glad that that you know that people still like the record and you know we still have songs from from the album that we play all the time and you know Awesome. With the more personal stuff, I think that a lot, a lot of that resonated with me being fucking 21 and strung out when that record came out. It felt like there was so much of like a backlash with an excessive lifestyle and sort of oh, feeling yeah. hollow. The, and... the first song, especially um, I'm Charming, is basically like being like, I know I'm a drunk piece of shit, silver tongue asshole. Why don't you sleep with me anyway, lady? Beautiful. <laughs> it's poetry. So and then after that, you know, we go, we sort of made a, a return back to the uh, the more 
narrative style, the more horror-based style with Nocturnal, and then there's been a number of different uh, areas that you've mined over the years. Obviously, you've got a very close lyrical relationship with horror. Um, tell us a little bit about that process. Tell us a little bit about where you go when it's time to write lyrics, and, and talk a little bit about some of the stuff on Verminous, if you don't mind, because I'm Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I remember, like, the, the very first horror song that we wrote was the fifth uh, the sixth song ever was the blackest incarnation that would end up on unhallowed. And uh, that was the shift from like, you know, typical, like um, emo metal lyrics, you know, like this never ending winter storm of my heart, you know, and that kind of shit <laughs> to like, <laughs> to like, that was the shift towards, you know, we're going full fantasy here, zombies, dragons, werewolves, let's, let's do this. And um, yeah, I approach writing the same way as I did that song. Like I sit in my underwear <laughs> at the computer with a word processor and I listen to the song a million times. And um, nowadays though, I will begin with kind of baby talking um, like cadences and syllables. Like I'll make up lyrics on the fly and just record it on my phone along yeah. to like my stereo cranked, you know, and I'm just like, blah, 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 da, 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 yar, yar, yar. Like the lyrics aren't that important. It's more about like finding the perfect placement, yeah, perfect spot where the lyrics are going to go. So I'll do a few takes like that. I'll listen to them. I'll Frankenstein some of those ideas together and then I'll start with the actual lyric process mm. and it's hard. It's harder to force it into this framework like that but the end result is is you know something to be proud of hopefully yeah and um so um you know, like this we really wanted this to be the most thematically tight thing we've done yet between the artwork and the color schemes and you know it's going as far as like brandon's um signature guitar being black and green and you know like we really wanted to have a solid angle with this you know like and um doing a title track opener is something we'd never done before and we knew it was going to be the first song released too so we were like i want to drill this word verminous right up people's asses right immediately and sometimes when things went not as good as they could have was like deflorate no one knew what the fuck it meant. No one knew how to say it. So all of a sudden we're coming out with this message of confusion. You know what I mean? And the first song we sent out was um, a selection of Natural, which was a very techy, yeah, very crazy quick, song. And not maybe the best single. You know what I mean? So like we it was a it's been a growing process of what to what to learn, what to show people first, what songs to put out there first. Uh, we out with back then we thought we got to save the best stuff for last but now it's like you know music is so disposable to these kids you better sh show them the sickest shit on your record right at the beginning you right. know <laughs> yeah so you know there's that we learned that um but yeah i wanted to do something that was you know where i could talk about the underground as like a physical place like you know uh this sort of like refuge from the, this world above that we hate that has no place for us. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, you know, like kind of like how metal is an escape in your mind and an escape from all the shit you don't like, but like actually taking us to this place, like this escaping to a realm of where someone else would consider it nasty and evil and shit, but you know, it's all just typical death metal 
stuff that we love, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, that was kind of in mind. And, you know, I tried to bring up like, I kind of have the recurring theme there a bit, you know, in Verminous, of course, the title track, and then it's kind of touched on again in Sunless Empire. And then the whole rat thing is brought back at the end for the Dawn of Rats. And it's kind of like the rats versus religion and kind of corruption hiding behind a lot of religion. And um, yeah, man, just trying to really hone it in and, you know, make, make this thing just um, like a solid, like really like a statement, you know? It really, and, it, and it feels that way too. I feel like, you know, it feels like the music was a lot more theatrical in certain places and it never really lost the thread. You know what I mean? Like it, there was certainly a continuous vibe that flowed throughout the record. It didn't feel disjointed. It all felt, it all felt very purposefully put together. Um, and it's Thanks. cool to hear you say that that's what you guys were going for. Right. We definitely were going for drama more than anything, I would say with the songwriting. Um, you know, it's not as intense of a record as some of the shit we've done. It has moments that are very intense. You know, there's some, definitely some haul ass in parts, you know, Godlessly is a very, very fast song. But um, this is the most that we've like pulled back and kind of relented and w went towards a like a death symbolic or a heart work. You know what I mean? A little bit more of a like fat trimmed off, um, try to be a bit more artful and just, yeah, just make sure every single part has has purpose and um you know, Brandon coming into the fold, he's such a genius songwriter that um, he's lifted us all up. You know, we've learned a lot from him and he just has so many great ideas and is so wise beyond his years, man. It's a, it's insane to like kind of let go of the reins a little bit and just start trusting another guy. You know what I mean? Like it's always been just me and Brian, like, you know, just like her and, you know, we had Ryan come in and he wrote stuff too, but um you know like the level that brandon is changing this band at is like molecular you know like it's it's crazy so like um yeah we've learned a lot from him and uh you know recording the album with him at the helm mostly he didn't do the drums but he did everything else we, it, at his place in jersey like gave us like a lot more added control a lot more time to kind of take things slow and really tweak things and you know swap out little melodies or whatever and just you know really do kind of production-y kind of stuff which we normally don't do I mean we we come into the an album with everything so written and ready to go and there's no questions on anybody's mind about how anything's going to turn out and you know we've given people production credits in the past and I think it was because we didn't know what the fuck we were talking about you know like <laughs> honestly like nobody has produced the band nobody has like stuck their finger in the pie and been like well why don't you do this or like here I'll I'll play something you can put in the song or you know like that all <laughs> sounds cool you know I'd like to go to a producer that like was gonna really like ramp us up or something but we're so protective of this thing kind of you know what I mean like yeah very anal retentive and um, like when we come in to record the record, the demos are the scratch track. So like even the tempos are exactly the same because, you know, the drummer is recording to the scratch guitars from the demo. So like, you know, like Sweet. the songs don't even change tempo ever. Like we know what is going on coming into the studio. There's no guesswork. There's no unfinished business. So uh, yeah, you know, it's just kind of how we are, but like having him in the fold and his like kind of, unique perspective on songwriting and the dude's a little genius man it's insane i kind of hate him actually he's so like <laughs> like what what am i that good at 
At least he's on like, your side. Jerking off? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> you're a yeah, at least he's on my side. But like it's honestly scary though. Like, like, you know, I feel like one day he's gonna end up in Megadeth or something. And you know, I'll totally pat him on the back and put him on the airplane, you know. <laughs> but like it's gonna be a heartbreak. <laughs> Grandpa Dave's gonna be having a hard time getting around by then, man. So you can hold on to him as long as you guys can. Well, hey, you I know, feel he, like watching that fucking happy. You know, oh yeah, I mean he, he certainly he's... seems he seems like he's enjoying himself. And then watching that fucking playthrough of the title track uh, on YouTube, like it's just it's insane guitar playing. And one of the things that I think is so crazy about it uh, is how accessible it sounds. You know what I mean? Like that main rift of Verminus is is fucking nuts to look at technically. And, and oh, and for sure, for sure, dude, as a guitar so... player. But it's so catchy at the same time. And I think uh -huh. that that's a hard balance to strike. Yeah, he's a he's got a unique perspective and like he writes music from like a um he listens to a lot of classical, you know what I mean, and and takes that and uh he writes a song that like you know has movements, you know, and like the whole thing is like intertwined. It's not just a bunch of parts, like there's purpose to everything that he does and you know it's all educated and um yeah, it's just it's awesome, you know. He, uh, he challenged Brian. Brian's becoming even better than ever. Like, you know, just being around the kid and trying to, you know, kind of stay neck and neck with him and shit. So that's a perfectly awesome and healthy situation there. That's great. Um, so yeah, dude, like this lineup just feels amazing. Like, uh, it's very easy to be with these guys. We're all professionals. We we selected guys that fit in person, you know, personality wise, which has been important to this entire thing, honestly. Um, you know, we always tried to take people on that we thought were going to fit in with this kind of, you know, we work hard, a little bit goofy at times. You can let it hang out a little bit, but, you know, the music and playing, you know, playing as tight as you can live is first and foremost priority. But also at the end of the day, I want to be around these people. You know what I mean? Like, I like the guys in my band. I love them. They're my best friends. And, um, you know, to share this kind of like victory after victory after victory all these years with these people like it's just it's amazing dude so you know like young brandon it hopefully feels like he's on top of the world right now he's got a kick-ass band he's got a new signature hey, guitar coming down the pipes and uh, I, just, I just i just saw the post for that um so with regarding like how well you guys fit together personally professionally musically um i would assume that in the past with with the creation of black dahlia murder records you guys have sort of had to balance the touring life because you guys are a fucking relentless touring unit with trying to get ready to roll out a new record right obviously that has not been the case over the past year uh have you guys been working on anything with the downtime um are you i know that you got back together to do the eula mall special which was a fucking blast by the way um Thanks, but what's how have you how have you guys been passing your time um i don't know what brandon's up to he could have i don't know i would be i would be surprised if he's not writing right now yeah. but um i don't think brian has started that yet i know he's delivering weed right now which is a uh, right on brand sure. <laughs> he's loving it too it's great no um, enterprise i've been trying to do i'm gonna get back on twitch like i i kind of like stopped when um um all the politics popped off and shit went crazy as fuck. I kind of stepped back for a minute to like clear the lane, you know, but I want to come back now that I've gotten my eyes done, you know, no lens glare, baby. It's going to be sick. 
and uh, yeah, to make to make this hernia debt I'm incurring uh, up, I'm gonna uh, be back on Twitch a lot in the in the near future. But I've been on, um, you know, I've just been doing a lot of features, a lot of um, just basically any press I can do, man. You know, like we got really lucky, like the beginning of lockdown, right when Verminus was coming. Um, everybody was stuck at home. Everybody needed something to do. So we had more interviews and more coverage than ever. You know what I mean? Like, and I was doing like 10 interviews a day, just like a Terminator, you know, for a long time. And um, yeah, we kind of got lucky in that regard. It was the perfect storm. And for it to kind of have come out before all the big protests and stuff, you know, like it was, we were lucky that it played out that way. There was trepidation about unrolling it during a lockdown, of course, and, you know, um, not being able to tour on it. And it was a huge blow to lose that Testament tour, as you can imagine. That was going to be the biggest thing we'd ever done, aside from Meshuggah, but Meshuggah was only like a week, you know. So to have a full-on tour uh, where we're direct support to Testament, uh, finally getting a bill with a municipal waste, which we've always wanted and we've always talked about. And uh, yeah, this would have been the biggest tour ever for us. And it was the record was supposed to drop the first week of it. So we'd have been able to sell more copies. We'd be able to make puppy dog eyes at people at the merch table to buy more records, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was like, a, it was a huge blow, obviously in terms of, of numbers and stuff, but I feel like yeah. we still did really well. The yeah. fans showed up for us really hard. And a lot of it I can attribute to our fan club, um, the blast fiends. Yeah. 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 Those guys are insane. They go so Incessive. hard for the band and they do so much like street teaming for the band, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's uh, it's crazy, you know. Like I, I barely, I don't, I barely have any hand in that. I show up sometimes and just look and see what they're talking about. But like, you know, we did not create the group. We didn't, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen some of the collections of fucking variants that some of these kids have in that group, and it's just insane to me. Like how many? Oh, for sure, you know. And then once Metal Blade got wind of that, they're like, oh yeah, we got to crank out fifty extra colors then for the next <laughs> one. <laughs> so on the on the flip side of this, you know, it's really easy to sort of be focused on how shitty twenty twenty was. On the flip side of this, or maybe looking at it another way, is this the most downtime that you've had in the last 20 years? Do you feel refreshed? I do, honestly, in a way that I never have from our breaks. You know, we've had six months off before, but we were like writing and stuff like that during it. And, um, you know, like the other guys haven't been around as long as Brian and I have. So maybe they don't have as much pent up like they don't need this as bad as us i don't think but literally we went the credo of this band has been to never say no so like when we got signed we we dropped out of school we both both dropped out of college and we vowed to take this band to the fucking ends of the earth and work as hard as possible and we've basically been saying yes 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 to every opportunity you know picking and choosing them of course but um Nobody's ever been like, oh, yeah, we're not going to tour them because because I can't. Right. That's like not in our fucking <laughs> that is not in our stratosphere at all. Like right, there right. is no saying no to this band. Signing up to be in this band is giving your entire life to it, which is an insane thing to ask of people. I realize. And it's a, it's a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. A lot of it sucks. 
<laughs> a lot of it is camping, dude. You know, a lot of it is camping yeah. full time. I've been camping for fucking 20 years, man. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. I want to shit in the toilet. I want to yeah, shower. Can't I, shit? I just want to go back to my bidet, man. Can I just have a nice <laughs> asshole for a while? <laughs> Fuck. So you, so, but you, you feel good, right? You've, you've I had do. A break. I feel You're rejuvenated. I, I rejuvenated. I got these new eyeballs. We dropped that, um, that stream was the first time I got to use my new eyeballs and my new hair, man. So I was like, "Yeah, tell like, us a little bit about how that, how that, how that come together, man." I, oh, I, man. You know, I got my ticket and watched it. It was a fucking blast. I'm so glad you guys got to do it. I hope it was good for you financially. But tell us a little bit about putting that together. Um, you know, the the label was knocking on our door every every two weeks, basically, like so stream, 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 and we're like, uh... I kind of like not doing anything right now. It's just kind of, you know, but, but also, yeah. you know, we had the new record and we got to like be omnipresent as much as we can, you know, because like, you know, the press has slowed down a little bit from Verminous a year later, you know, or whatever. And, uh, you know, we want to remind people, Hey, we're still a band. We're still here, you know? So uh, yeah, we, we started planning and within a week we were in Michigan. Um, the church was a very last minute very lucky score um somebody saw our we like we lost a location uh right before it was supposed to happen and we just put a call out there on social media like yo michiganders who's got a spot like who's got the gazebo from hell that we can go play in or <laughs> you know like our standards were pretty fucking low so when somebody rolled up with the church this guy paul talenda um uh, the the church like still it, it, it's just a historical site now like they're not like doing religious stuff in it anymore and like they do all they do all different kinds of stuff with it and they were very happy to have us it was it was weird and cool and uh, the the kids that were running the place and kind of like keeping it up it's like a bunch of punks you know what I mean so yeah. um, there was no awkwardness being there and around the people you know what I mean there was no no ruse or fooling them or anything like that right, they right. knew what we were they knew what was happening and it was cool, you know, and um, yeah, walking in there the first time was was a mind fuck, man. It was just, it was so much information for your eyeballs, man. There's so much, the church is so old. It's the first Polish church ever in Detroit. And it's from the time where like people couldn't read and you had to tell your religion through photos, you know, and, and pictures like, uh, no shit. so there's like lots of crazy artwork in there. Like what you see in the video, like with just the tip of the iceberg is, honestly like there was so much going on in the place and it was you know super super cool but um i still i feel really 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 bad about breaking baby jesus i was like 88 percent blacked out at the time right there so um <laughs> you know watching the footage back and learning that i did that that was rough <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's that's legendary. not the kind of person i want to be but yes sure. the way it played out to me you know, and like, obviously we're not dead. So they, they, they <laughs> didn't get that mad about it, thankfully. <laughs> and, um, you know, for it, for the LOLs, it was good for sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> would you, would you guys do something like that again? Do you think if, if you ended up, I do, I mean, you know, if, if this thing rolls on for too much longer, yeah. You know, um, maybe not as many locations this time because we, we kept it very in-house. Like we did, we did it all with just the band our sound guy, Marshall, he was also on one video camera. His girlfriend, Michelle, was on another video camera. And our drummer, Alan's girlfriend, was on a third. And um, 
that was it. You know, we, we were dragging around with us like monitors, a soundboard and all the Christmas, you know, decorations and crap. So the setup every day sucked and took a long time and was very reminiscent of the parts of tour that suck. So all the time, all of a sudden I was back on tour in the shitty part, you know, <laughs> but um, so if we did it again, I think we learned a bit about, you know, like maybe keep it like down to one location or two because that whole setup and breakdown and setup thing like we did um we did each setting for a day basically so we played music for four days five days we did two days at the church the first the first day at the church just took so long to set up we like ran out of time basically we wanted it to be during the day so all the uh the glass was lit up you know what i mean so we just came back at like 10 a.m the next day and the church guys were cool they locked all our equipment in and it was a non-issue so I'm very thankful for Paul Talenda. He'll never hear this, but thanks, Paul. You're the man. <laughs> Let him know just in case if he wants to try and find it. Um, all right. With the time that we got left, I want to grill you on some nerd shit. All right. All right. I wanna... All right. So one of the things that you and I have in common is that we are avid CD collectors. Would you Indeed. call CDs your favorite medium? Does that feel most like home to you? yeah for sure for sure Same you know here. like i love the other mediums too like i'm not exclusively cds like if something comes out i love that's only on tape or only on lp i'll pick them up and i have a record player you know i have a tape player but but the truth is i'm not spinning any of these physical copies anyway i rip them to my computer computer my computer i'm sitting at right now is like connected to my stereo basically and um you know, I get the CDs. I still love having the physical copy to like reference and, you know, paging through the yes. artwork and all that good stuff that we love since we were little kids. Yes. And um, yeah, it's my biggest vice, honestly, uh, shirts and CDs. Um, I, I, I had a pile, a pile show up today. I uh, got a few CDs in the mail. I got the new dripped EP here. This is awesome. Um, I kind of like slept on a lot of brutal death this year. I was going so hard in the black metal direction. So once list time comes, you can really catch up on the badass shit, and this is yes. one of them. Plenty of uh, plenty of downtime. All right. Oh, for sure. So yeah, I've just been like going off a deep end, you know, checking out a so, million bands. CD case wise, what do you prefer? What do you prefer from the glory days of CDs? Are you a jewel case guy? Are you a digipack guy? Or would you like to see like the return of the cube pack? You remember those motherfuckers? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this is funny. Um, I am a jewel case guy for sure. But I like putting out digipacks for my own band. Even, <laughs> <laughs> even though like they're not my favorite, but like I'm not dragging CDs around with me in my car or anything anymore. But like I remember the digipacks would get all banged up and stuff from like, oh, yeah, kind yeah. Of, like young being out in in the wild but uh uh you know now everything pretty much stays pristine after i buy it but uh um yeah i i love like you know elaborate packaging and you know different kinds of digipacks and crazy shit like that and uh there's a lot of really beautiful um ornate packaging and and uh underground black metal and like a lot of the boutique labels and stuff i can appreciate that kind of stuff but um you know, I love vinyl too. I love like that huge artwork. You know, I get that. I totally get it. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm around like 4,000 metal CDs or something. And uh, 
I have to stay the course now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I made the bed, you know, and uh, I kind of like that now it's like the not cool format. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm weird for collecting CDs, you know, yeah. and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's going to circle. Day... It's going to circle back it, around. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One day it'll be cool again. You know, and but, we will uh, be kings when that time oh, yeah. comes. It's funny because like I always collect this shit and like like somebody's going to measure my dick by it at some point. You know what I mean? Like that was like the deep down mindset, you know, like, you know, I'll show them. I'll show them. <laughs> Black Dolly murders metal and I'm fucking metal. I'll show them. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like a nesting thing. I don't like I can't even I, I can't control myself either, man. I've got it's the same situation. I got shit coming in the mail all the time. Sex. I can't stop myself. But like um, with uh, with a lot of the brutal death metal, like you mentioned, talking a, a little while ago, having sort of fallen back on that in 2020, so, like that's the exclusive medium of, of brutal death metal. Right? Pretty much. Like, yeah, it's they very, love their rarely, very rarely on vinyl. And uh, you only see a few like the really the really, really yeah. like beloved stuff makes it to tape and, and vinyl, you know, occasionally. Yes. From time to time. What um, with the obituarist? your your periodic column with metal injection what uh what's going on are you working on anything new right now uh it's kind of on ice right now and um like you know obviously i was doing it as an article at first with a bunch of like kind of mini reviews Mm -hmm. and then um that just became too much of a workload like i bit off way more than i could chew to do 30 bands a month and to write a paragraph or three about each one and it just felt like I was like saying the same thing over and over. Like there's only so many adjectives about, about, you know, crushing skull, crushing eyeball, fucking, you know, this, this album shits on your face. This album prank calls your mother. Like, like what are you going to do after a while? If you yes. got exhausting and um, you know, it wasn't because I, I, I'm not checking out that many records. I always am. I'm always yeah. like, I hear new bands every single day, pretty much. You know what I mean? If you want to average it out. Yeah. And it's just a love of mine, you know, to like to stay up on the underground, see what's go- see what's going on, and it fuels my, every, you know, everything in my life, um, uh, the band, and you know, my 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 passion, my kind of like staying young and youthful. I think it's just kind of like I'm staying in this adolescent lane with everything I do in my life, pretty much. It's nice. It's great. the The band has prolonged. It's the band's fault that I have arrested development at 15 years old. So, you know. <laughs> but I love it. You know, this is my world. This is where I thrive. I hate the real world. I hate talking to normal people. Yeah. I, I, ugh. I got you. It's just not me, dude. You know, it's like I just don't feel at home in the normal world at all. So, being on tour, being with my people, and kind of like, you know, just really honing in on, on um, collecting and, you know, yeah. being friends with different distros and labels and blah, blah, blah. That's my world, man. You know, that's, that's fun for me. If we, so if we want to go check out some fucking obscure brutal death metal today, can you give us a band? You got a wreck. Um, let's see. I got some sitting right here, some new acquisitions. Um, Man, what else is super, super sick? No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. It's um right on the tip of my tongue. The the new record is like glacial something. It's brutal. It's really brutal. Yeah, Give me two seconds here. Two seconds. 
looking at my fucking scatology secretion mm. submerged in glacial ruin. That yeah. is one of the hardest brutal death records I've heard in a minute. It's kind of in the disgorge lane where yeah. like an endless maze of riffs, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah, get, get high and just kind of vibe out and like try to keep up, you know, it's one of those things. And, uh, it has a pretty t tight thematic uh, angle, you know, like this whole glacial thing that's like icy wind samples and, you know, it's, it's kind of cool for a brutal death record, you know, yeah. a winter brutal death record. You don't really get that kind of angle. Yeah, right. it's, it's more of like there's the thing action in there. Right, right. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah, you definitely check that one out. It's real, real sick. Love it, man. You heard it here first. Uh, all right. All right, man. So we've, we really appreciate the time. Had a blast talking to you Thanks. here on the podcast, on the Death Comes Lifting podcast. We've got one question that we ask all of our guests at the very end. Zach, do you want to do the honors? I would love to. Thank you. And thank you, Trevor, for being here. It's been, it's been right, a Thanks fun. for having me, dude. Uh, I'm sad it's over already. You guys sure you don't want to just keep going? I'll talk to you all day. Hey, welcome back anytime. We have a bunch more questions for you, believe me. Cool. Yeah, please have me back. I'd like that. Thank you, man. Well, the final question for today would be, what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Volume four. Nice, 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 nice. Snowblind, dude. That's my jam right there. That is a great jam. That is the jam. Um, a Master of Reality might, is like just behind it. I also really like um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath and some of the deeper cuts on that record. You know, oh, like this. For sure, for sure. Great, great tunes on there. A Sabra Cadabra, fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. Makes total sense. I would I would expect no less from you. Thanks, what man. if I pulled out some real weird shit, man? We, John McKenzie hey, last week said uh, Born Again was his favorite. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, dude. Yeah. Born Again fucking rips. It's Digital bitch. Yeah. Digital bitch is the shit. I only checked it out because of uh, the Zero the Hero cover. You know, that led me to checking out that record. Oh, no. Cannibal Same Corpse. here, man. Reverse and engineering Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> there was like, there was an interview, and I said this on the fucking, when we talked to John McKenzie too, there was an interview, I can't remember when I read it or, or where I came across it, but it was Chris Barnes saying that uh, Born Again was his favorite Black Sabbath record and that it was the heaviest Black Sabbath record. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have to see what's up with this shit. And I don't know if he was all the way right, but he was way more fucking right than I expected him to be. True. Yeah, it's a good time. It's cool. It's definitely cool. It is. It is awesome. Man, thank you again so much. It's really great to finally meet you sort of face to face. Yeah, you too, man. I enjoy, um, I enjoy you. I enjoy your presence online. I enjoy you as well, my man. This makes me happy. Um, we hope to get to talk to you soon. Uh, hope, the, uh, hope the hernia surgery goes well. Yeah, good luck, um, bro. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I wish I could, like, put that on Twitch. Like, the actual surgery. That would be so tight. Be awesome. I don't see why not. Like, is there, is that, is, does that violate a user yeah. agreement in some way? Maybe. It seems like they might have something going with that. But I'll, maybe to, I'll look uh, into it. Get cool. somebody to snap some pics and uh, see yeah. if you can end up on the cover of the next Fluids record. Right, dude. I'm actually, I'm having a, uh, like, a new skin, basically, for my, my Twitch, which is going to be, like, a carcassy hernia related collage so it's gonna be awesome i cannot wait <laughs> <laughs> cannot wait to see it thank you for all you do man 
Thanks no worries, again, Zach, Thanks for having me, guys. Take much, care. We hope to talk to you soon. Much love. You guys have a good one. You too, man. All right, sure. I'm going to bounce. I love you, bro. All right, man. I love you too. Take it easy. We will talk soon. Everybody stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay soon. Stay safe. My stay man. Safe. Peace out, man.